Hello, Fight Insight fans, viewers, and listeners. Once again, I'm your co-host for today, Brady Bunch, a.k.a. the Non-Binary Ninja. With me, as always, your host, Timmy B. And on today's episode, we're going to talk to the future of women's MMA, straight out of Stockton, born and raised. We're going to talk about what a good guy Dana White is. I don't know about that. And we're also going to discuss Patty's controversial win over Jared Gordon. Hit it, Tim. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fight Sight Podcast. Let's talk. Uh, our guest today is not a stand-up comedian. She's not an actress, not a former talk show host, and nor did she date 50 Cent. If that's what you think, then you've Googled the wrong name. Our guest is a UFC fighter with a 5 and one record on a five-fight win streak who made their UFC debut earlier this year, winning by TKO stoppage and earning a performance of the night bonus, the third in her career already. She's recently made headlines for calling the money fight an easy fight and just earned her BJJ black belt under Caesar Gracie. So congratulations to that. We'll talk to her about that. Born in Stockton, California, where real G's are from, motherfuckers. Please welcome to the podcast, Chelsea Chandler. Hi, guys. How's it going, Chelsea? Good. Uh, do you agree with that statement that that is where real G's are from? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> be a certain type of person to come from Stockton. <laughs> yeah, and uh, born and raised, and you hang out with all the famous people from Stockton. Yeah, I began uh, my my jujitsu journey in Stockton with uh, the Diaz brothers at their gym in Lodi, and yeah, it's been history since. <laughs> It's crazy. And I and I will say when we made the promo video for you coming on the podcast, there's that moment in the fight when you toss your opponent and then you kind of give her that Stockton kind of like shrug, like, what's up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> get up. Get up, bitch. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You guys already know what it is. Real G's come from California, America, motherfucker. Uh, what an incredible year for you, right? Uh Everything that's happened to you. Here's the picture of you with the brown belt that you just earned. So congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. Your, your UFC debut. It goes fantastic. I mean, how did everything feel with that? With the nerves? Any nerves? You look very uh, You know, no, I, I really had no nerves. Um, I think kind of that had to do with the fact that Zuckerberg, however, him and Dana came to some type of an agreement of him having the whole place to himself. Like, I don't even think he was there for my fight. So when I looked out, I was like, there's nobody here. There was maybe like five employees there. So it really was like sparring in the gym. I had zero nerves. Um, yeah. So it, it worked out good for me, I thought. You know, for a pro, for like a UFC debut, it's not in a big arena with thousands of people shaking the cage. You know, it was kind of a smaller, more intimate setting. Um, and it worked out. Yeah. Nice. When we had uh, we had Mike Davis on the podcast, and he was there on that same card as you, mm -hmm. and he was saying, "Yeah, how weird it was." Now, did you get to meet Mark Zuckerberg after the no, fight or anything? I didn't. Um, I don't think he was there yet. To be honest, I was the second fight of the night, and um, it was so early in the day. It was at like one in the afternoon, which was like completely abnormal because I mean, I'm wake we had to leave to the venue at ten a.m. 
So at like eight or nine a.m., I'm getting up trying to find something to eat. You know, wake up and go find something, and it was very hard. I had to get like a smoothie or something, and we had to walk like three hotels away from where we were. It was real weird, but um, yeah, it was. I don't even think he was there. So yeah, uh, that bothers me. I'll tell you, and I've said this before on the podcast. Anytime there's an event in Toronto, Canada, where I am, I'm there while they're setting up the cage. Like yeah. I don't miss a fight. Like you have such rare opportunity to get to these things. Yeah, no, you for sure. Soak it all in, you know. Especially with like the cost of tickets these days, you know. Like if you're going to the Apex, I think the tickets are two k. So like, if you're paying that much, be there before the fight starts so you can see them all. Like otherwise, it feel like your money's wasted, you know. Yeah, and then you miss the debut of Chelsea Chandler. Yeah, which. I was looking it up to see like how many fighters get a performance of the night on their debut. Yeah. It's, it's like less than a handful. It is very, very few, mm-hmm. let alone a female fighter. Yeah. Uh, how was that? And like, how did that play out to you? Because as the second fight on the card, you have no idea how great the fights are going to be the rest of right. it. Um, so it's actually before the fight and leading up to the fight, you know, I knew she was really tough. So I knew it was going to be like a, a big fight. I thought it was going to be fight of the night. I mean, they, they asked me in a couple interviews and I kind of projected that, but I planned on going the full 15 minutes really hard. And uh, I knew she could take punches. She could give punches. And, and I knew she took a beating too. So I was like planning on getting that 50 K. So every time I trained, I was just thinking about that. So like when they announced it, I, it was kind of like, it wasn't like a shock. Cause I had like planned that the whole camp. Like when, when they told me it was her, I was so excited about that. Um, then I was, cause as soon as you fight, they make you leave the stadium. Like you can't stay. So we left. And then I was like watching the fights on my phone. Like, okay, Who's going to be better knockout than me, you know? So it, it was, it was, uh, it was cool that we were, um, that I got performance of the night. And then like originally when this fight came about, I know Cody No Love was on the card and I was like, okay, he's going to be my main competition for getting performance <laughs> for a fight of the night. So when he was off the card, I was like, all right, I got this in the bag. That's kind of how I thought about it. When you get the money, did you already had you already spent it? Did you buy anything fantastic? It's Christmas time right around the corner. Did you save it up? So so they don't really tell you, but you have to wait like six to eight weeks to get the bonus money. Um, you have to pass the fight drug test. Uh, so oh. in Vegas, they drug test everybody. Um, so it takes like six to eight weeks to get the results. So I actually got the money on my birthday, November 23rd. Wow. So kind of cool. Um I haven't spent it. I mean, you know, I I I have a vehicle and stuff. I really wanted to get like a, a nicer car, but at the moment I'm just like, you know what? Let me get some more fights. I don't need to like throw my money away like some people do and uh and then uh, you know, build some more up, get a cushion and then maybe buy something, but yeah, I didn't really <laughs> use it on anything yet. Sure, sure. Well, congratulations and happy birthday. Thank you. Can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Not that it matters. What car do you drive? Uh, well, I have an Audi. Um, I bought it. Uh, it was it was like a 2017. Nice. And and it's crazy. When I got it, it had forty thousand miles, and now it has eighty. And I put on like thirty thousand miles in this last fight camp. So it's like 
it's crazy because I was like, well, what am I going to do? Buy a car and it's going to completely diminish because I'm driving it every day, you know. So that's kind of what also went into thought, the thought process. Well, at your rate, with all the performance of the nights that you'll get, you'll just hire like a chauffeur and let the limo rack up the. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah it doesn't or, matter. You know, get get a car company to sponsor me. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, that, um, that's plan. Manifest it. Exactly. Speaking of money fights, it's so funny because we reached out to you um, for one reason, which I'll get to after. But then after we reached out to you to have you on the podcast, then this weird story breaks where the money fight, uh, you end up getting into a little bit of an exchange of words, which some websites pick up. And it's here, highly touted Chelsea Chandler claps back at the twerking Aileen Perez says she's not the easy fight. Uh, sorry, she's the easy fight, not the money fight. Not a fan of the twerking, Chelsea? Jeez, you know, uh, after my fight, I called out Norma Dumont, and I also called out, like, the twerker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, she doesn't even deserve to be called her name. Uh, she hasn't done anything. You know, she's fought, I think, in Brazil. Uh and she doesn't have any wins over anybody notable. And then it's like one thing to talk shit, but it's like another to talk all this shit. Say you're ready for Amanda Nunez. And then you get a fight in the UFC and you're fighting a person who normally fights at 135, which is the Stephanie Egger chick. And then you go in there and you get beat by a little person. Like, like who, what are you doing? You know, like talk all that shit, but then go out there and whip some ass, not, not get, get your ass whipped and get tapped out. And that's kind of how I thought about it. And I'm like, how are you the money fight? Because you're you're shaking your butt, you know. It was, it's it's just nuts to me that she even thinks that. Um, but uh, yeah, and then then the UFC. I mean, I think she's an easy fight, and I think the UFC thinks she's an easy fight because who do they give her to? Haley Cohen, who also sucks, you know. <laughs> she's a pretty blonde that's got abs, and they're like, yeah, let's pump this chick up, but. You know, they both suck at the end of the day. So, you know, it's like a toss up of who's going to win. And uh, at the end of the day, I, yeah, I just think that they both don't even belong in the UFC. But I love know, it. If they're going to give me that fight. I'll take it. You know, I'm not going to say no to a paycheck. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my feelings on that. Yeah, that well, you said it straight up, Chelsea, like there's no hiding the, the thought. It's funny, you know, because yeah, it was weird when Aileen Perez came out and she did the twerking thing on stage. And yeah. then she goes out and, and lost. We talked about right. it on the podcast because we're like, uh, I don't even know that that's a good look in the first place. Then you go out and, and lose. But yeah. she is all over social media. I know. And, and so when I saw you clapping back at her, I'm like, well, this is not a good matchup for this girl. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It- I mean, that's, that's, they didn't give me that matchup. They gave it to someone who they want to win. Um, So it tells you what the UFC thinks of her too. Or that they want either of those two girls to at least get one win. Yeah. I think, I think they want Haley to win. You know, she came from the contender series, her fight. I don't really think she won that fight. There's another judges giving the person the fight, you know? So um, it could, you know, it could backfire on them and that Island girl beats her up. So, you know, like, like I said, they both suck. So it's kind of like a toss up. Who's going to, who's going to pull it off? You know, yeah. <laughs> who cares? The, the fans lose Chelsea. That's what you're saying, right? The fans yeah. lose either way. Yeah. Uh, so the reason why I 
had reached out to you for the podcast was because we we've had like some lawyers on the podcast and stuff. And we talked about contracts and things like that. And someone posted one time when we were talking about something, they go, well, you should go talk to Chelsea Chandler because she's being um, held hostage by the UFC as a 145er and they're forcing her to go to 135. And this was before you had even had your fight. So I'm like, who the hell is this? What the hell are they talking about? And yeah. then when I looked you up and then you fought at the catch weight and then you said in the in-ring post interview saying, hey, I can fight at 135. Just give me time and I'll go make it. Right. But any legitimacy to this absolute nobody online saying that you're held hostage by the UFC? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't ever buy that when someone says they're being held hostage by the UFC, you know, or they're stuck in a contract. Yeah. Like when you get a contract, you sign it. You know, you know very well what you're agreeing to. So these fighters that get stuck in eight fight contracts forever, like you signed that, you looked at it and you saw it. Or, or, you know, fighters that say, oh, I'm worth more money. Like, well, then when you negotiated, you should have got more money. You know, when you sign something, you agree to it. Um, When I got my contract, it was for 135. Um, And I've had some thyroid issues. I'm on medication now. Like my weight was not going down. Um, They gave me a really long camp. Uh, I signed in, I believe, June, the beginning of June. Um, yeah, I think I signed in the beginning of June for the October 1st fight. So I had quite amount, like a lot of time to make the weight. And um, like two months in, I'm dieting. I went to the PI. They helped me with my diet, all that stuff. And the weight was not going down. Like it, it wasn't. It was a slow moving train. <laughs> so um, the medicine I started about two months before the fight, maybe six weeks. And I started seeing diff- like differences of feeling better, having more energy, but um, it just wasn't going down fast enough. And we let the UFC know like, Hey, this, we're not going to be able to make the 36 this time. It's not going to happen. Um, it needs to be at 45. So then like initially uh, they canceled the fight for like a day. And they said, you know, we're not going to be able to change the fight. She won't fight at 45. Um, and our next opening is probably in January. So I had a whole day where the fight was canceled and I was like, well, shit, you know, everything happens for a reason. I have more time to make the weight. And then they hit us back the next day. Hey, can you make 140? And like, that was still a hard cut, but we did it. And, uh, now I'm sitting at a much lower weight than I was for that fight, like three weeks out. So I know I can make the bantam weight limit. Um, but it's, it's a thing of, do I, do I want to keep pushing to 135? You know, it does hurt the body. Um, and that's why I had offered up, like, I'll be able to fight at both. And I mean, to me, I think the UFC's cut out the 35, the 45 division because they cut it out, but it's like, it's one thing to cut it out and it's another to keep signing people to fight at 45, you know, Island signs with UFC at 145 pounds. Um, and she gets to go out on her debut and fight at 45 and then they say they're canceling it, but then they got that Brazilian fighting Zarin in, uh, in Brazil next month at 145 pounds. So it's like, you got like, pick a side. Are you doing it? Are you not doing it? You know? So that's kind of where I'm sitting. Go ahead. Do you think, uh, now we were debating this the other day, but part of me wonders if the UFC might still be thinking of bringing like Kayla Harrison over. <laughs> oh I love, man. 
I love your reaction. Yeah, I like the eye for those for those on audio only. There is a visible eye roll here that I love, Chelsea, because I can't stand Kayla. I can't away. stand her either. Yeah, no, I can't stand that chick either. Um, so this is a back backstory in uh, Invicta. I was supposed to, I was offered the title back in like 20, I think 18 or 19 when she went in and fought. So they told me, hey, after I knocked out that 4-0 girl, they were like, hey, we're going to give you the title. So I'm training, I'm training. And then they hit me up and say, hey, how do you feel about fighting a black belt in judo? So then immediately I'm like, oh, that's Kayla. So we talked to Shannon. We were like, yeah, you know, we'll do it. And they go, oh, well, we got Courtney King, who also approved the fight. So now Kayla's going to be able to pick. And I'm like, well, she's going to pick Courtney King because that chick takes a beating, right? So that's that's kind of what happened. So then after the fight, I was like, yeah, she chose the easy fight. And then uh, Kayla was talking shit to me online, was like, oh, come on down to Florida. I was like, well, why don't you pull up over here, you know, like come fight me over here. So, yeah, I still got beef with her. She can come to the UFC if she wants, but she's yeah. never coming. So, okay, one interesting thing, though. A, I really like how because you're a lawyer or because you were trained to be a lawyer, you you seem very smart, Chelsea. Like the things that you're saying, you're very aware of what else is going on. Um, like your reaction is good. I like the fact that you know about, hey, if you sign a contract, this is what you've signed, right? My dad was a, my dad was a lawyer. And ever since I was like six years old playing competitive soccer, you had to sign contracts. I was the only six-year-old that sat there and read the whole contract before yeah. I signed it. You know what I mean? Like you you get you get taught those things. Yeah. Um, but I am interested. You said you signed a contract for 135. You're telling me the contract actually does stipulate your weight class? So so the fight, okay, so we I'm agreed. I'm curious to, about that because I've never yeah, heard yeah. that. So the bouts, the bouts, um, the about agreement you signed is uh, at 135. So we signed a UFC contract. I don't I don't think it's stipulated the fights will all be at bantamweight. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. General, okay. You know, fight. But then when you sign a fight contract, it says at bantamweight, 135 plus one pounds. So I signed originally yes. to fight Leah Letson at uh, 136, and then she pulled out from some type of injury. Who knows? Why? Okay. No, no, no. Sorry. I mean, yeah, the first contract. Not yeah, the I, don't, I don't contract. think so. Yeah. So your contract is just with the UFC for X number of fights. This is your pay. But yeah. depending on whatever weight you negotiate at the time for each fight, it could be different every one, depending on where you go. Yes. Okay. Yes. But, but I was told that it's probably going to be at 135. Yeah. Because they knew the division was like pretty much going to be non-existent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, I do have to ask you, I know we're going a little bit long. I do got to ask you about this, though, because you're one of Stockton's finest. Can somebody get this motherfucker on me? <laughs> Former guest of the podcast, Jake Shields. He came on this podcast uh, during during the pandemic. We talked to him. He's a great guy. Obviously, you know him. He's uh, caught filmed smacking around Mike Jackson of CM Punk fame. There was some beef with them on Twitter. Did you did you know about this beforehand? And do you know anything about it since? Uh, you know, I just heard tidbits. I didn't. I didn't. I don't really follow or you know a bunch of the crazy stuff online. But like, basically, what I know is, dude was talking shit to him, and then you see him in person, you think nothing's gonna happen. Like, no, like talk shit, you're gonna get hit. You know, so that's kind of how I feel about it. And then the fact that he's pressing charges, I'm like, you're a fucking pussy. Like, yeah. Like, you couldn't fight back? What, you had no friends there to protect you? Yeah. I, it was a weird scene because, the I mean, the video that 
was released is just him already pretty much fully mounted by Jake. Yeah. And I mean, then- Jake could have beat his ass. You know, Jake, I look like he's kind of being nice. Like, hey, listen, I'm the top dog. Shut up. Stop talking shit, you know. So yeah, I, I don't know how bad the beating was before the video. Right. But, but, you know, the video is simply him on top. Once he gets into full mount and he postures up, he just kind of slaps him a bit. I mean, I don't know where you come from, but that's not necessarily an assault in my books. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just he's sitting on top of him like, listen, I would maul you in real life. Like, stop talking shit. That, and that's it. And yeah, it's it's funny, though, that, you know, you got these fighters. Uh, nowadays, these fighters are only tough in the cage. You know, they are not tough in the streets. They know how to go in a cage and shut the door and fight. And that's all they can do. And, and you, or they get out of the cage and they just want to sue you and get your money. So it's pretty you gotta be careful as a fighter too. Like you can't even touch nobody out there cause they're nuts. Like, yeah, I'm going to press charges against you. Like, come on. I mean, it's kind of crazy because when you're talking, like, it's one thing if you got into a fight with someone at a bar and they start talking a whole bunch of shit at you and then you attack them and then you get charged. But he's talking about, like, all the stuff that he's blasted on Twitter that Jake would, if this were to ever go far, he'd be able to show all that stuff and go, well, this is how this guy, like, essentially was, like, assaulting me verbally. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why this guy deserves it. And, I mean, I don't know if that's a legal defense, but, you know. Yeah. Now, one, uh, two last questions before we go. Uh because you were studying to be a lawyer was fighting. I, and I know we read uh, Brady Bunch. You were saying that we read that Chelsea studied in uh, Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. Yes. So fighting was not always your path in life. Um, so uh, I went to school in Florida. I, I double majored in business law and business management. And then I minored in English. Um, and, you know, I was always like, you're going to go to college. You're going to be the first one in the family to go to college. So that's kind of what I did. But um, after my first year, I went to Tiger Muay Thai and I lived out there for a year and I went uh, five and one in Muay Thai. So, I mean, I loved it, you know, and I think it takes a certain type of person to go out there and want to get punched in the face. Um, so then I, I was out there and I was like, you know, I got to finish what I started. So I went back, finished school and then came back to Stockton and just started training in Lodi with the Diaz brothers and Victor Galvin. And that's kind of what happened. And it was, um, it was kind of weird. Like I was training every day and, um, I wasn't going to fight. Cause I'm like, I think I'm like 24 at the time. And I was thinking, you know, I'm kind of, I'm getting older. Like, should I fight? And uh, one day Nathan was like, hey, are, are you going to fight? And I was like, man, I don't know. I think I'm getting old. He's like, no, you can do it. You know, I've trained with Rhonda. You, you can hang with her. You should uh, you should do it. So then that day was the day I decided, like, okay, I'm going to fight. We're going to do this. We're going to go full bore. And that's kind of, yeah, what happened. I love it. And you know what's crazy? If he simply didn't, like, have that talk with you, yeah. who knows what your life would be right now. Right, exactly. Uh, you w- so cool. you would you would never have made it to the Fight and Sight podcast, Chelsea. Yeah. Could you could you imagine your life without that? No. Pretty, <laughs> pretty miserable. Pretty miserable. But now, okay, so now you're the first in your family to go to college and first in your family to become a UFC fighter. So that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Two, a lot of firsts. Two firsts. Uh, one uh, fan question. 
that Scott submitted. I haven't had this fan question of all, like we're on episode 97 or something. I haven't had this fan question. Who is your celebrity crush from Punching Drunk? What? Who's your celebrity crush? There's a ran- random uh, fan Punching question. Drunk, the person that asked the question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. At okay. Punching Drunk. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what Punching Drunk is. Oh, um, no. Who's my celebrity crush? Man, I don't know. <laughs> Shoot. Ah. Don't okay. worry. Maybe I'll what? have to think about that. Yeah. All right. All right. You can uh, you can t- tell us later online. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, this is an amazing interview. I'm I'm so happy to have talked to you about like all the the contract stuff is very cool. I like the Alim Perez thing. I do hope you get that fight. I mean, or some. I mean, it does anything for me. Yeah. That said, when do we expect to see you next? Man, I really wish I knew. <laughs> uh, I. I've been trying to get a fight, you know, um, and I, they haven't messaged me or anything. So I'm trying to sit here and figure out who I'm fighting. I, and I think it's maybe they're figuring out what direction they want to go. Do they want to build me? Do they want to feed me to the wolves, you know, uh, next? And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I asked for Norma Dumont. She's 13. Um, I asked for Misha Tate. She's number 10. You know, that'd be a really good fight. Um, but to that. me. Yeah, I think it would be a great fight. And uh, we just saw her jujitsu. It's not that great. Uh, <laughs> so so that's a good fight. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully we get an offer soon. You know, that's kind of the plan. I I honestly, I'm super excited to see you fight again because I, I just have this feeling you, you are going to make so much noise. And I would love to see you fight for the belt. Like, I know, me too. Just just the way you talk about the other competitors, yeah, I love it. Because I know that, like, the confidence is real. And, yeah. Uh, and I guess, because I know you probably have to go, my one question is, if you had to say the top three female MMA athletes that you respect, talent-wise, who would you say? Um, I'd put Ronda, Ronda Rousey, I think, at first. You know, because she... The way she went out wasn't great, but the way she came in and took yeah. over and dominated, you know, and she went out there and she wasn't shaking everybody's hand and she was being serious, you know, and, and, and you look at her, she's the one who made the most money. You know, all these other chicks are out there shaking each other's hand and hugging and they're making shit and they're stuck in contracts because they suck. So, um, Rhonda, let's see who else is there. Um, I like Kat Singano. You know, she went out there and tried to hand it to Rhonda. It kind of backfired. But, you know, she was always no nonsense out there, too. Yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. Um, Rhonda. You know, those have only been my two that I, I, I like. So out of curiosity, what do you think about Amanda? She can get it. All right. That's that's, that's how I, you know. She, I love it. She's she's in my she's in my weight class and she's in my organization. I'm not gonna say that I respect her because she can get it. So I love it. Yeah. Chelsea, you're so badass, man. I'm mad I'm mad that with your attitude and your personality that they didn't put you on a card that didn't have more fans. So the next card you're on, do not have it in the apex. God damn it. Get to a place where there's a big crowd. I want to see you in front of a big crowd so that you can, you know, have the full media day experience. Yeah. Get, get an amazing win and then yell and speak to the crowd so that they can find out who you are. And then that's how the UFC knows that they can push you. Right. Yeah. You know, March 4th is a big pay-per-view in Vegas and that would be really nice. Yeah. Right. that's kind of what My fingers are crossed for too. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I'd like. That would be nice. It'd be perfect timing and uh, yeah. All right. Well, we hope you get that news, Chelsea, before we let you go. Is there anything that you want to say to fans, viewers, and listeners? Um, follow me on Instagram, Chelsea Chan 209 and uh, yeah. Yeah, I will put that up for the remainder of the podcast when you're gone, but I'll have it down there. Yeah, at Chelsea Chand 209. Chelsea, yeah. thank you so much for joining the podcast. We hope that you come back again one time and yeah. Uh, yeah. appreciate your time. All the best. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. All right. Take right. care. Bye. Bye. Ah, so amazing. She was She's so, so chill. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool. Man. And uh, the way that she's like talking shit about the people. I, I loved it because I feel like she can back it up. Yeah. You, you badass. Know? Yeah. Badass fighter. Tough as nails. Right. Takes no. Not- that attitude, too. I, I swear it's that mentality, like the confidence and the, you know, the bravado. Right. Like, yep. That's what you need to be able to win at this sport. And I love it. And you know what? Like we've seen some people with that, but you can see through it that it's not real. She meant it. Oh, fake, like fake, uh, fake confidence, fake bravado. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like she was like, and knowing she's born and raised from Stockton, it sounds like she fits in perfectly with the crew that helped (laughs) her get started. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact Yo, she was an open book. I love that we learned yeah. about the thyroid issues. Because, you know right. what? Uh, in general, this is my argument. I think it's 10 times harder for female fighters to make weight, especially yep. repeatedly. Yeah. Because uh, the body just doesn't recover the same way, right? And that's... So add a thyroid issue on top of it. Right. So props to her that even making 140 in her last fight. And I'm happy she's got got it under control. Well, and the thing is, too, is you think like, okay, so she's in uh, Stockton, California, but she's in California, which means she's in relative proximity to the PI. Yep. Any UFC fighter can go to the Performance Institute, get all the help with their nutrition, their meals, like all that stuff. That's huge. So. Because I remember I asked Bam Bam before I said, like, any thoughts for you to move? Like when the PI was coming around and stuff, like, is there any thoughts that you should just move out closer to to Vegas or something like that? So you can be around that and have that like uh, resource, like free, free of charge, right? Multi-million dollar place. Yep. Get all your supplements. Like that's a huge benefit for people. So for her to be in Stockton too, especially with trying to now make that weight, that's great for her. Yeah. And it that's sounds true. like, sounds like she's walking around at a lighter weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say she does look a lot better in her recent photos, I would say. Not better, per se, but, like, she looks... And the photo I'm showing on screen here, that's when she just got her brown belt. She looks a lot leaner than even when she fought. Yes. And that's her not cutting weight, not preparing for a fight, right? So... I hope she fights March 4th. I hope Dana White somehow hears this. Uh, of course. Well, he watches this podcast. We've talked about this before. <laughs> yes. We know. So don't worry. <laughs> um, all right. So friends of the podcast update. I don't think I have anything. Uh, I don't have any friends of the podcast update, but I do want to say thank you to RageWorks Podcast Network. They're at RageWorksNetwork.com. There's, that's the podcast network. You can find us and many other great podcasts. So shout out to them. Um, 
our old, I'll just say this, our old sponsor of the show, Brady Bunch, that sponsored the show for like a long time was Midday Squares. It's like a protein bar snack, chocolate snack. Yeah. Really good. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the sponsorship is over now because of like shipping problems and stuff. They can't sponsor anyone anymore. Um, but they just released a new flavor. So if you have been watching this podcast forever and we're trying Midday Squares, they now have cookie dough flavor. I just found that out online. So, hey, shout out to our good friends there and go check out their cookie dough uh, Midday Squares. Awesome. Uh, next week on the podcast, Brady Bunch, we are going to do our year-end award show. All right. So I've got a few people to come on. I hope you can come on as well. And we're going to pick Male Fighter of the Year, Female Fighter of the Year, uh, Fight of the Year, Finish of the Year, rather than do like sub anti KO. We'll just do Finish of the Year. Um, I think that's it. Fight male, female, and finish up the year. And so we'll pick our end of the year awards and then make some predictions for the rest of the year. I love it. Yeah. So that's how we're going to end it off. Uh, I'm out of curiosity. Actually, I'm going to save that question for off the air. <laughs> okay. Right. I don't want to reveal sure. any secrets of the oh, show. Sure. Sure. Uh, I do also want to do something. We're going to talk about Patty now. Yes. But I but I did want to say the minute that Fight Pass, UFC Fight Pass releases the pay-per-view on Fight Pass, I'm thinking we should do a podcast where we watch the Patty fight together. Yeah. And then make comments of it round by round to see how we score it. Now, are we able to do that? Like <laughs> I we... guess we'll see. <laughs> All right. I think I think if it's in like a smaller box on the on the screen. Yeah. I think that's how you get away with it. I think you can put it on a smaller box and still air it. I think, I mean, we can try it. And if it gets pulled, it gets pulled. You know what? I'm all for that. And yeah. Uh, I can, and I can break it up too, right? Like we could break up the rounds or something. Anyways, we'll figure that out. But I do want to do this because this Patty fight, and I know it's been a couple of weeks ago, but we had the crazy podcast last week with uh, Max Payne. Yes. And uh, so I did want to say, I mean, it was crazy. So the question is, did, Jared Gordon get robbed. I'd without a doubt, 100% say he got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. Have you watched it, right? I watched it live. I was live tweeting when it happened. So this is where, you know, when I read the Instagram comments, I think yeah. I'm with maybe a third of the population that literally is like, no, he got robbed. He got robbed. Uh, I think Dana White coming out and saying he had a bad game plan. So, all right, we can Wait, talk about. He said he said Jared Gordon had a bad game plan in the third. Yes, right. Yeah, like yeah. that. That just irked me so much because I feel like too much emphasis suddenly is being put on physical looking damage. So the only thing that stood out in that frame you just showed is, yeah, maybe he looked like he was a little busted in the nose, but. Who held the other man down for long periods of time? Who looked like the better fighter completely, in my opinion, the first two rounds? Yeah. I think uh, Patty did not do much. Horrible form, standing up straight, not yeah. defending himself. Chin nice and in the air. Right? And that and then furthermore, it was Patty's post conference post fight interviews and everything, that cockiness. Like, no, I, so here's my question. So maybe robbed is a strong word, but do you feel that Jared Gordon 
deserve to win? I think it was really close. I actually had it tied going into the third. I had it one round, one round, and I forget. I mean, it's on our Twitter, so whatever I said. But I think I gave Gord. I think I gave Patty the first round, maybe, and then Gordon the second, or vice versa. But whatever. I gave it one one going into the third. Then the third round happened, and I was really confused because okay, Gordon holds him for like four minutes, but does literally nothing. Like no submission attempt, no punches, nothing. Yeah. And then what is it? The last 20 seconds or something, Patty kind of reverses position and starts going crazy because he knows there's like time's running out and he knows he just got held for four and a half minutes. Yep. But then at least he throws punches and I'm like, I don't know, this is tough. And then was it, I feel it might've been Joe Rogan on the podcast. Oh, sorry. Joe Rogan on the commentary said, Ooh, that's a really tough round to score. And I and I immediately tweeted saying, no, Joe, that's not a tough round to score. Obviously, Jared Gordon wins that. Because in the moment as I'm watching it, I'm like, no, this dude just held him for four and a half minutes. That last 20 seconds of punching doesn't matter. Yes. That was my immediate reaction. Then when, the, when it gets called, I'm like, ah, okay, maybe the last 20 seconds does matter. Like, I'd have to watch it again to see, but... I pity the judges who are getting murdered on this because it's, it was close. Like, cause I could have easily given the first and second to Patty. I could have easily given it both to Jared, in which case the third round doesn't even matter. And we don't even have to worry about that. See, but when I, when I think of close, did you see, uh, I'm sorry, ADHD moment this weekend, main event. Uh, oh, uh, Cannoneer and, um, uh, Strickland. Sean Strickland, yes. Mm-hmm. To me, that was pretty close. Yep. Right? Like, that was close. Right. Where I could have, in my opinion, could have kind of gone either way. Yep. They should have tried more on the ground or whatnot, right? But yep. to me, that was close. With Patty, keep in mind, this fight was being marketed almost like to make Patty a top five, top 10, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I look at it almost like a title belt in the sense that you need to clearly win. And who was, in my opinion, the favorite going in, who was set up to win, who was right. expected to win, Patty. And that's where it's like, hey, if you didn't put on enough of a dominant performance, and in my opinion, were more handled than you did handling, like that's, that's it for me. But I, I do agree. Rewatching it, I'm sure I will feel like it was less of a robbery. And at the end, yeah. I agree. Like, I think what's his face was playing it safe. But that was okay. But that was weird because the one moment that I saw between round one and two when Jared was in his corner, I remember Jared said something like, I lost that round, right? Or, I feel like I remember Jared saying something to his corner around the lines that he wasn't sure whether he won. So that's why I don't know that he took it safe in the third or if he just thought this is how I'll win the third by just holding him. But interesting. I don't know. It's it's so funny that you're saying you might watch it back and think if it was less of a robbery. And I'm thinking I'll watch it back and think it's more of a robbery. <laughs> right. Like Yes. 
I don't think anybody's coming. And the thing is, too, I saw online people were complaining about the judges. I'm like, well, wait a second. Remember, the judges are supposed to fill in the score of the round after the round is done. They don't wait till the whole fight is done. Like, they hand in their scorecards at the end of every round. That's what I learned. Interesting. So it's not like they could even... Like, they just have to go, okay, how did, how did that round go? Okay, I think that guy won. And then that's how they put it. Like, See, I don't but, know that they're planning it out. Like, I know what you're saying. You're thinking, like, oh, is the UFC kind of guiding this guy? But, I mean, that's to say that the judges are on the take and stuff. See, I, I, th- I think our buddy Max Payne Griffin made a post referencing one of these judges. Uh, and this is the one thing I'll say. And I think this is the vibe a lot of people are saying. Maybe it's not so much like rigged, right? But maybe it's that some of these judges just know how much more they will be in Dana White's graces. Oh. If they like because some of some of the scores are there's too much of a gap uh sometimes too. And that's insane. Like yeah, but that's yeah, but on a fight where it's really close and you're like, well, okay, I could have kind of given that either way. I guess if you're on the take, you could always lean towards Patty. Yes. But the fact that we're all sitting here and even online people are sitting there going like, I don't know, the first round was kind of close. Okay, the second round was pretty close. Well, the minute you say that, it leaves it open to one guy every time thinking, I think Patty kind of took it. And that crowd was going crazy for Patty. So Every time Patty hits the guy, <sighs> the crowd. Yes, but right? I also, so, but that's also what irks me. You know what it is? Like you shouldn't have that influence. I don't know if I told you this. I stopped watching the UFC for a while mm-hmm. because of the McGregor hype back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just got so it drove me insane. All the fanboys coming out that like <laughs> never watched before, and seeing all those people. Wearing those blonde wigs for Patty, right? Yeah. But but what I did like was there was a mix of booze in the end when he won. Yeah. Right? So enough. What I noticed was this. Yes. When he had his moments, people came back to life. But what I felt happened was a lot of those people that were loud when they were announcing the fighters, they shut up. Because I feel like they realized that Pat... Uh, even if our guy didn't win. Yes, or he didn't, he's not, what I'll say is this, he's not the superstar that Dana White is trying to sell us on. And to go back to, yeah. uh, what's his face, uh, Sugar Sean. Sean O'Malley. Yes. Like, that was controversial, right? That was controversial. But in my opinion, he did so much more work and damage in that fight that, like, I feel bad for uh yan or whatever right yeah yeah but like yeah i don't know i'm sorry maybe i'm a patty hater I, I, hey like i said join the bandwagon my my former co-host of this podcast was a massive patty lover right and i i couldn't stand him i remember we'd be on filipino tv and he'd be talking about how amazing patty is and i like went on a tirade one day going patty sucks get him out like i was i did not like him from the get-go yeah. And then, so that's why I find it so weird that I'm online now defending Patty going, no, he did well that fight. Like he didn't get murdered. Like, I don't think he was a massive robbery. And here I am a guy that doesn't like Patty from day one has never liked Patty, but I'm still defending him. Cause I'm like, well, 
but I'm defending the judging, I guess. Like I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, I can see how it could go both ways. Anyways, it's, it's a weird one. Uh, let's move on to, we'll, we'll talk about it again. And again, we will try to watch the fight. Maybe I'm going to see if we can do, that. I got to research and see if we're allowed to do that. Nope. Um, an interesting thing here was after that same pay-per-view when Jan and uh, Ankalev do not go go to the draw and no title is made. Yeah. Immediately, Dana White makes the call. Apparently, while they're still in the cage, essentially, Dana White makes the call, books Jamal Hill versus uh, Glover Teixeira for the title fight in February. So I'm just putting up a quick picture, right? Uh, Jamal says, UFC called me quick as hell. They hadn't even left the cage yet. I think they were talking to Magomed in the octagon when they called me. I said, yes, all of that I'm looking up and then he's walking out. So then people start getting mad saying, well, Dana White says he doesn't make fights on the night and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, wait a second. This is great that he did that because he knew the minute he goes backstage, the media is going to be like, well, what now? What now? And you can't have him just sit there and go, I don't know. We'll think about it. It was very cool, I thought, that he was able to right away say, look, here's the next title fight. Got it booked. And in my opinion, it's a pretty damn good fight. Glover versus Jamal Hill. I like that fight. I do too. Um, What do you think about them making A, that fight, and B, that it was so quick? Does it bother you at all? The only reason why it bothers me slightly is I just feel like uh, what's-his-face got screwed over in that match. Deserved the win, in my opinion. Who? Uh, Ankalev? Yes. Yeah? Uh, Okay. So, like, I just feel bad for him. So, I think this. He deserves the next, whoever wins in this next fight, he should get, in my opinion. Yep, yep. Because I really felt bad for him. Because he thought he was getting that belt. And I, so once again, though, depending on how you score and look at it. Yep. Ah. But the end, right? Like, it just... uh, But, yeah. So, no, I'm not upset. And I think, actually, the more exciting fight for the fans is the next one. Yeah. I think it's a better fight with better personalities. And it's in Brazil, It's in Brazil. It's a better story because Glover was the former champ anyways. So, why not? And uh, the two guys are going to put on a good show. They're good characters. And here's the thing. If you waited for Ankala... I am saying that name right, right? That is his name. If I'm you, so bad with names. <laughs> if you did have to wait for that guy, what if he said, oh, I need to wait six months or something? Well, now you've got no title for another six months. Like, at least this way, hey, within two months, we're going to have a champion. God forbid it's a draw. But in two months, we have a champion. And then within the six months, this guy can then, like you said, fight for the title next anyways. Yep. So it just gets the division moving. And I feel like it's okay. So I really like Dana for this. So when Dana's watching this podcast, like we've stuck up for him multiple times today. So I feel like we're on our way to being on the Fight Pass. uh, What is it called? No. Yeah. UFC Fight Pass Podcast Network. We're going to get on that one day. And uh, can you imagine? (laughs) They have a lot of podcasts on UFC Fight Pass, by the way. Um, So we can get on there. But what about poor Anthony Smith? He's... At the desk, you know the story? Mm-hmm. So he's he's at the desk doing the media stuff. Like he's at the desk as one of the news anchor guys. 
and he hears it in his microphone like seconds before it's announced because he gets pulled from his March fight with Jamal Hill. Now he might still be fighting in March. We don't know, but it's not going to be against Jamal Hill and it's not for the title. Yeah. But the internet was quite a buzz with going, well, they treated this guy so badly. Well, he shouldn't have to hear the news like that. What is your thought on that before I give you my thought? Anthony, Anthony Linehart Smith feel bad for the guy. No. <laughs> okay. Why not? Uh, see, I'm so I'm such a I'm such a hypocrite. We're not a hypocrite. No. I realize that like I make certain comments about certain fighters, and then <laughs> yeah. I'm like I give others the pass. He should be tough enough to take that news. He should be willing to fight. Who, if I was him, push the fight for March, a different fight. Yeah, of course. And then literally make something happen by getting screwed over, be a company man. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Okay. I'm on your side a million percent. First of all, I think you're doing the job of the commentating role. You need to remove yourself from being the fighter at that moment. And I know it's tough. Yeah. But hey, that's your job. All, All the other people on the panel didn't know that. A news was going to happen. That's what happens when you're a news anchor. Like things happen, it pops up and you just have to deal with it. Yep. Yes. It's really weird because it's you and all that, but Hey, you're, you still have a great platform. And like you said, you could have played this up. Like, Hey, I'm a company guy. Hey, this happens, blah, blah. But guess what? Jamal Hill, Glover Teixeira, I'm coming after you. Dana, give me a fight on that same card. I'll earn my spot. Blah, blah. Right. Like, Use it to promote yourself. Use it as an opportunity. Instead, I see him on Ariel Helwani's podcast, and he seems like he's t- talking a little bit mopey. And again, I didn't watch the whole thing because I'm not a huge Lionheart fan, but he's talking a little bit mopey. That's definitely the angle of the clips that I get. Yes. And, and you know- I'm like, dude, you're Lionheart. Your name is Lionheart. Like, be strong, man. And that's why part of the reason why I was such a fan of uh... – Griffin the other day it was oh, just like, nice. I forgot what we asked him, but he was like, oh, oh, it was with the PED and the pissing in the cup. He's like, what? This is part of the fucking game. Like, stop being little bitches, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're right. Like, I don't think any UFC fighter should be showing anyone them acting mopey at any time. Yeah. Right? Because yep. that's a sign of weakness. Uh but here I go. I hope I never end up <laughs> in a situation with celebrity boxing that uh, <laughs> where you're acting mopey, and I'm going to play this clip back at you. Yes, you said you would not do this. Yeah, no. Even like how Chelsea Chandler said she doesn't like the girls hugging and stuff after the fights. Yes, it's funny she says that because I don't mind that because it's like the martial arts honor and respect thing. Swear but I rem- but I remember when the female fights first came out, they never hugged one another. Yes. after the fight before the fight ever like women were very um aggressive against one another before and after it was like it, a real cat fight mm-hmm. like the ones they, i witnessed in high school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, they, and they did not mess around like they yes. you know they was saying now it's changed a little bit um but yeah i don't know i think it was just some funny stuff so uh okay well dana is a great guy anthony smith you got a man up like you yeah. got it. Like you gotta. You gotta put on the brave face. 
pull up your pants. You know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah. And I feel like by at all implying that you're pissed off about it or that you're annoyed at it, the company might be like, all right, dude, well then take a back seat. You know, we'll find someone else who's going to be a little bit better and a little bit more supportive of us. Yeah. Like there's no way Anthony Smith is getting the title shot. And that's what I was confused when online, when people were complaining about it, I'm like, do any of you think Anthony Smith deserves the shot? No, he doesn't fucking deserve the shot. No way. So I don't know what you're complaining about. They had to pull someone and Jamal Hill is a goddamn, he's, he's like a superstar in and out of the cage. Like he's so funny. Like his Instagram, he's great. The dude is funny as hell. He's got the weirdest body, right? Like, yes, he does. He's got, I mean, speaking of Nate Diaz, he's got that skinny fat body. Yes. Right. Like he's, he's That's funny. why you can't, you can't judge physiques. No, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's funny. He's what, like, he's a great dude. Like you want that guy as champion you know? Yes. Um, so anyways, yeah, I just think, but can I bring up a random conspiracy theory? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, we got time. I'm going to hold up. I want to see if I, I don't want to say anything wrong. I'm going to pull up something up. But so while you're, while you're looking for this, people should follow Brady bunch at, at Brady bunch. And if you're here on the podcast because of Chelsea Chandler and you've lasted this long, God bless you. And, uh, follow and subscribe to us at fight and say podcast. All right, so I am so bad at pronouncing names. Yeah. <laughs> From when I was a, I'm sorry, even as a teacher, sometimes okay. I struggle. Uh, so Hamzat, am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Right? Chamath, like, yeah. I sh- Hamza, I, I'm Hamza. not supposed to say the K, right? Like, no, yeah. How it's, you? It, it took me forever to get that right. Uh, so I'm trying to find the article. Uh, but have you heard the rumors? I'm trying to think of who the fighter was accusing him of using illegal substances. Oh, uh, goodness gracious. Talking about how they were giving him. No, it's not him. It's Islam. It was Bobby Green talking about Islam. Oh, what? it was Islam. You're right. I'm mixing okay, okay. up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about this real quick. That is Bobby Green saying that you know, when he wrestled or when he fought against Islam, Islam is so strong. And he goes, that's not natural. He's like, that's from when he grew up in Dagestan or whatever and was getting fed vitamins for his whole life. And he talks about how just in Russia, that's how it is. And they're breeding people to become like superstar athletes. And that's the culture there. And our culture in Western America or US or Canada is very pussified and all that. And just saying that that lifelong vitamin supplement so, can change me. But, okay, I will say one quick thing, though. Yeah. It's also different in the sense that I, I, I've i never lived in Russia, but I've watched a lot of Rocky films. Yes. Kids in Russia are trained to be athletes and trained to get stronger and trained to, you know, be physical. Yes from an early age into young adulthood and beyond. That is part of the culture. That is part of it. And I think that's more than just Russia. That's Europe. That's whatever. Okay. Yes. In Canada and America, we're trained to sit on our iPhones and to not go out if it's too cold out and to not play on the monkey bars. You know, like there is a lot of wussying of kids here versus other places. So it might not be the vitamins. It might just be the fact that, goddamn kids are growing up differently so you know what though 
I'm going to probably sound a little crazy. Uh, and I'm trying to find the article. Uh, well, it was Bobby Green and whatever, but yeah. Bobby Green. It was in his post. It was in his pre-fight speech. But anyways. Uh, all right. Three hours ago, Sean O'Malley discusses Bobby Green's accusations. Oh, okay. Uh, so real quick. So everything you're saying, you nailed, right? But did you know, I want to make sure of this, uh, you know about how he tested, I think, positive yeah, for, yeah, for DEHA or whatever. Uh, not, not even just that. Uh, it was melodium, if I'm not mistaken. And what this is, is actually something that in European countries, such as Russia, uh, people took. Wait, that who, Russian who te- tennis tested, player was it Maria test- Sharapova? I think her test- name was. Who tested positive for this? Uh, you're saying Islam or she Bobby? She supposedly took it for like over ten years as an athlete. Okay, they changed the laws, uh, and as a result, um, basically, she was popped. Right? She okay, was supposed okay. to stop taking it. Yeah. He he got popped around the same time. Who who got it, popped? Islam. Right. Oh. Now he claims, right? The UFC, or the sanctioning body, whichever one it was, passed a rule that if it was between this state and this state, they're going to let these athletes. Right, off, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. Supposedly he had claims of a heart arrhythmia, da 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 da, da all that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look up the uses of this medication. They actually found out in like the last Olympics or two Olympics ago, it was some crazy percentage of athletes had it in their system. But right? what kind of athletes? Russian athletes? Or Every like uh, multiple everyone. nations, but in particular, oh, okay. Russia through the roof. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, they got banned from the Olympics because of their state state sanctioned yeah, yeah. PED program. Right. Right. Yeah. If you if you go and study the early Germans, the early Russians, yeah, you know, they've been that feeding athletes vitamins yeah. that were really all forms of stuff. So my opinion is this: uh, supposedly it helps with endurance, helps almost like EPO. Part of me wonders if he is speaking some facts that if, spe- if Bobby is speaking facts, yes, that yeah. a lo- uh, because let's keep it real: who's dominating the UFC right now? Athletes from where? Yeah, Canada. <laughs> right? No, yeah, I got it. Yeah, no, right? I, but I, yeah, I'm just saying because I love Bobby and I don't want him to get murdered for, you know, outing some sort of political, you know, scandal. Yes. I also think it's the fact that the way they're bred and like forget the vitamins that they take. It's, it's, it's what they do day in and day out. I guarantee you, you take a grade one. This is terrible, but I, I believe in my brain that if you take a grade one kid from Russia and a grade one kid from America and you tell them each to do like push-ups and chin-ups and go fight a bear, I'm thinking the Russian kid's going to win. See, but then here's my, here's my question. But, Why do we have more gold medals in the Olympics? If, if they're raised so much better than us, why statistically do our athletes outperform them? Do we? In what? The, let's look at Olympic medals. 
<laughs> Olympic medal. You know what we really need? We need an intern for this podcast, like a producer that can do yeah. this studying while we're done. Okay, I get. Okay, but that's when you get to the elite levels, and then whatever. I'm just saying. You're saying the average Russian on an, on an average basis, and then so therefore you have a better pool to pick from. Blah blah blah. But and to be fair, I've always said, and I've got some Russian blood. Uh, hmm. Russians are built different. And sure, like. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just saying, like, okay, but anyways, let's just stick to Bobby and his his critiques and criticism. I don't disagree with what he's saying at all. I I, I think, like we're, like we're talking about Anthony Smith, like he got a man up and, you know, maybe nothing. I don't know that he really should have said that because, of course, it comes off like, well, this is why I lost to him. Yes. And I don't like that aspect of it. I agree. But what he says is very interesting and maybe it is true. But then what the hell are you going to do about it? Like, yeah, I, I mean, what are you going to do? Can't do anything. It's true. You're going you're gonna to send USADA agents into. So that's another thing too, though. That's, that's what made me, when we had uh, Max Payne tell us that he didn't get, he hasn't been tested in forever. In a long time. It made me think about these athletes in like Dagestan, right? Like, yeah. There's no way they can probably even track them down over there, right? Yeah, you're gonna send uh, grandma and grandpa that visits uh, Max Payne. You're gonna send them into the Dagestani mountains, like yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen. Uh, I posted, I posted somewhere on Twitter. I think when that was coming out, I posted. I said uh, number of USADA agents sent to Dagestan fourteen. Number of USADA agents returned from Dagestan zero. <laughs> <laughs> guys aren't coming back i love uh, it yeah we'll uh we'll we'll finish up this conversation another time i'm sure bobby green's gonna get in more trouble for that we should we should bring this up as a topic in in another podcast or or with another fighter when we get another fighter on that's willing to like talk shit maybe we could get bobby green on okay can i tell you something <laughs> yeah bobby green is the fighter that won't come on if i pay him that won't come on unless i pay him <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's the dude that won't come on. He's my favorite fighter. Like one of, I mean, really one of my Mount Rushmore fighters. Yeah. He's the dude that won't come on unless you pay. How much? I think it was 300 bucks US. <sighs> Whatever it is, it's not worth it. It's it. That's the whole Ariel Helwani debate. Anyways. I get it. We're going to end the podcast because we're past our hour. <laughs> And uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. This is always fun. Brady Bunch, thank you so much. You've been the most amazing co-host for so many in a row. Uh, I really appreciate you so much. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so next week is going to be our end of the year award show, and we'll see how that goes. Have a good one, guys, and thank you very much. Brady Bunch, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one, everyone.